Hey yo, we got everybody checking in. Welcome to Yawa episode 62, folks. Uh it's a it's a good one. You know, it's it's coming off one of those days that uh you don't always have. It was an extremely productive day. Weather was amazing, which uh weather plays a big role in feelings and mood and everything else you and know I mean? even as much as how the dogs do in training because if sure. you have poor sure conditions with poor scenting conditions or it's rainy or it's super cold it can really affect the dogs as well as how you perceive the training goes so everybody's happy when it's nice weather out absolutely they are and and those are things you have to take in consideration you know, like uh we hear on occasion uh and have heard to the extreme here. I had a, like I got a call and this is a dog that um, had been with the family for quite a while and it was surprising. Called All I've ever heard is absolutely love this dog, all these things. And then it was like, I don't know what I'm going to be able to do with him. You know, he had a crappy day. It was like one day. Well, what was going on? Well, it was like 100 degrees and we're dove hunting. He's like, he just quit. Like he was probably really, really hot. I mean, almost <laughs> overheated. What, what, what are we talking about here? So, taking all things into consideration, it was an absolutely fantastic day. I hope you all had a wonderful day as well. And it looks like we've got quite a few check-ins coming: Pennsylvania, uh, New Mexico. Oh heck, yeah! You must be on the road or something. Um, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Virginia. Virginia. I already got him to hit record. Yes, I, I have to stay on top of him. We're recording. We're recording. Come on now. I'm not that bad. Yeah, I am. I mean, it is what it is. Who else we got? New Jersey. Yes, Miss Kelly. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. California, Ontario, Canada, Wisconsin, Temecula, California. Yeah. More Californians. California. Eastern Iowa. Hey, guys. Little Rock. Hey, Lance from Little Rock. I know some people from Little Rock. Uh, this is kind of a fun... This is kind of a fun one tonight. Do your thing, bottle. Focus. Focus. Why is, why is it not pulled that? Is it stuck? Is it... Is it on manual focus? It says no? spot focus. Is it on spot focus? That's why. Ah. Wah, wah. Look at that. Now oh, it'll focus on it, it everywhere we put it. Hey, Kentucky Owl confiscated. This one cracked open to try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it as a gift. It's absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Ryan, for this bad boy. And it had a really nice. Yep, it's a good. Hi. Um, And I'm for all of you that really want to know. Seltzer water, but only for a little longer, guys. I mean, we're we're talking. We are getting close. Hey, hey, hey! Whoa, whoa, whoa! People are freaking tuning in now. What do we got? Looking forward to the Yahoo Skype. Hey, Scott, how are you? From Ontario, Ohio, Massachusetts, Iceland. That's cool. That's really cool. I don't know if we Double Indianans. Two different people. Gary, Indiana, perhaps? Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Something. Right? The Music Man? Come on, people. 
What does that say? Let's make that bigger. D-A-N-B. I don't know what that means, but uh, Quebec, and that's in Canada. They may let, let you know, Kat. I wasn't confused about I'm where just, Quebec is. I'm it was C-A. And I was like, teasing. is that Canada? And you're like, no, that's California. I'm like, uh. All right, we've right. got McLeod, uh, New York. A couple New York. New York, New Jersey. Another New York. Yep, 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 yep. Active duty, so Thank different you for your service. Kentucky. Hey, it just was cool because there have there it said Kentucky with a bottle of Weller. And, oh, hey. And yeah. you're from Kansas with a bottle of Kentucky Owl. This is I mean, very true. I wasn't even paying attention to that. Fantastic. Just kind of cool. Upstate New York. Love to see the rack of <laughs> bourbon bottles you must have. I could it's, do a demo sometime, but it's scary. It's ridiculous is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got a foot warmer down here. Nixer. Yeah, Nixer's laying down there. I actually have a footstool because the last couple Yawas we've done, I'm so short that my feet hang off the edge of the chair and they're just dangling there for an hour or more when we're doing these and I get up and my feet are so swollen right now that I'm like, oh, I cannot do this. So I have a footstool so my feet don't hang off the edge this time. Detroit Metro and it's Jägermeister in the brand new Standing Stone mug. What? Are you just like drinking Jägermeister? I've only seen people like choke that down as a shot joke or... Yag bombs with, do you have uh, Red Bull mixed in? Or you just like straight sip, you like the anise, the black, black licorice, licorice flavor? Black <sighs> Sorry. I, but, <sighs> just gives me bad like. Heebie-jeebies. Mm, yeah. Uh, but uh, oh, roommate had the Jägermeister bottle refrigerator thing that said Jäger on it. And it was, <laughs> you could get you a shot of Jäger. It was cold all the time. Ugh. No, thanks. Well, thank you for uh, representing the old Standing Stone mug. That's awesome. Straight Jaeger. That's hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when are the Standing Stone whiskey glasses coming? Well, I don't know if they will be Standing Stone. They might have to be, be Bourbon and Bird Dogs. Yeah, they'll probably be Bourbon the, and Bird Dogs. The, um, I See, I'm a big classic fan. I don't know where we would put Standing Stone on this unless it was like on the bottom or something. You know what yeah. I'm saying? This is like a, we could get small, but see, for, for me, the size, the size of a glass, <laughs> yikes, Jaeger on a Wednesday night. Sorry to tease about these, the straight Jaeger, but that's, that is very much hardcore. Ah, uh, it'd be a good bourbon and bird dogs episode. Let's see the, my collection. The collection. It'll Ooh. probably be one at some point. In it'll time. have to be, um, it would have to be. Let's see here. It says get our GSP pup next month. So Congratulations. That's awesome. That's awesome. Been binging our videos. Well, rock and there's roll. a few of them, so it might take you a little while. That's well, great. Thank you, everybody, for checking in. We appreciate you I being just, here I with us. I have to throw this out there. Okay. It's be there or be square or, in my case, be round. She's been planning that joke for a while. Let's hear some laughs in the comments. Yeah, Come on, give I know. Us some I'm not chuckles. usually very funny, so she, I. She put that shirt on this morning. She's like, <laughs> I've got a joke. I've been planning it all day so that I can be funny for half a second. 
baby. I love you. I, I love, love you, you. Anyway, I wanted to jump in because we made a post this morning mm-hmm. about we were going to go live on YouTube and we made it on our Instagram channel and said, hey, ask us some things. So I wanted to start off by getting to a couple of those questions uh, because I'm sure that there's going to be some more questions rolling in here on YouTube as we're live. And I definitely want to give preference to those as well. Oh, thanks for the laughing, crying faces. Um, But this was a good question today um, from Amanda Christiane. If I say that wrong, I'm sorry. But do you have plans to use Thunder in your breeding program? And if so, when? Heck yeah, we do. Heck yeah, we do. Definitely. Any of the puppies that we're keeping and developing and doing some of these video series with, they're all dogs that we raise and develop with the hopes that they're going to be part of our breeding program. Um, We're evaluating them as far as trainability and naturability goes, which if you didn't know, those are two separate things. Trainability is one thing. Natural ability is another. And typically that trainability really starts to come out when you start doing more advanced work, like formal woe training, formal retrieving work, um, starting to expect more steadiness and dogs that have the mental capacity and fortitude to handle that level of training means that they've got, you know, really powerful brains. And that's something that we're definitely going to, there's, there's our pretty little boy. Um, I always go backwards with that. Yep. There it is. But those are things that we look for as well as the natural ability side of things. The puppies that just go out there and seem to know how to do it right away from swimming to retrieving to pointing to even backing. We love, we love dogs that have that natural ability and thunder has really started um, impressing us from a very young age. We actually shot a video today of him showing his progress. uh, And I don't even want to say progress, but showing what he looks like coming out of hunting season because if you have watched some of our videos on YouTube, we actually did a video last year about the prerequisites that we recommend for a dog to take hunting. Um, and that includes bird intro, mm-hmm. gun intro, and collar conditioning to recall. That's it. Those are the three things that you absolutely have to have before you take a puppy hunting. And then there's a couple things that would be really freaking nice, like having some pointing exposure ahead of time. But Thunder was one of those puppies that basically he had... Three things dogs need to know to hunt. Just the bare minimum. Bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Burning gun intro, collar condition to recall. And Ethan took him out to South Dakota guiding with him when he was just six months old. And he learned all the rest on wild birds in South Dakota. Pointing some backing, definitely some tracking experience, um, and just learning how to hunt like a big dog. And we wanted to show what the aftermath of a hunting season looked like. So we shot a video of that today. So you guys will have to be looking for it. It should be posted here in the next, I don't know, couple weeks, but we were really impressed with him and it shows how far he came in just his first season. And he'll long story short, I digress. He's going to be part of our breeding program. The first litter that we plan on him breeding is to quest. Yeah. Um, And then there will be some potentials for others. It just kind of depends. We want to, you need a, um, a training. I'm not going to say the B word, even though it's like the abbreviation of 
you need a female yeah. that has been bred before for some of these younger Who's males. Not grumpy. Yeah, for some of these younger males to breed to gain confidence Build because confidence. It's training. It's all of it's it training, is training. Right? And stud dogs are one of those things that the males, you know, kind of have an idea of what they're doing, but they've got to learn as they go. And they have to be confident to do their job, so we can't get after Nothing them for humping is more and things like that. Annoying than doing progesterones and timing, having a female there that's ready to be bred, and you go, "All right, it's time." According it's to time. the stuff, she's showing she's ready. Everything's ready, and what you got stage fright or you know, I don't know. You just no interest. Okay, well, um, happens to not be an option because we kind of um, need you to do it now. <laughs> the time is now, son. The time is now, right? And it's it's very... So developing a young stud dog yeah. properly is important yep. for sure. So you need a training female. Yeah. That's what we need. So great question. And we love talking about our little boy Thunder because we're both very excited and proud of him. And I cannot wait for a Quest Thunder puppy. Definitely will be keeping one of those puppies. Oh, absolutely. We got a uh, super chat came in here, and yeah. I'm not seeing the question. Which I know that people sometimes struggle with that, where they'll do the see. super chat, but then they don't get their question typed in. So if you want to scroll back down, usually they realize that it didn't go until after. I'm trying to see. So I'm Melanie so Carlson... If you wanted to go ahead and throw your question down below, we'll definitely be looking for that one from you um, because of the super chat. But we want to answer it. We just don't know what we're answering. Your bottle of Crown XR for a puppy. You're silly. You're silly. <laughs> I know that's from 2004. I'm, I'm sure that's wonderful stuff, but no. The answer is no. Which is that... Okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade any bottle. I mean, I don't care what it is. It's not for a puppy. I, no. Um not my thing. I don't I don't care if it actually is valued at that. I we keep it separate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, while we're waiting to see can you pull up on I'll pull up. What am I what am I pulling up? I was going to pull up on here, because sometimes it populates faster, the questions, it seems like. Ah, uh, if that's the case, I'll just get rid of that thing then from her. No, it helps me to see that there. Okay, okay so we need it in I'm both places. Oh, no, it's not populating any faster. Never mind. We don't need it in both places. Anyway, while we're waiting for Melanie and um, maybe some other questions coming through, I had another question that I thought would be a fun one to answer um, from the Instagram Pole or whatever you want to call that from this has got a little but it's Erica Natashka maybe are there any differences in male and female GSP temperaments that is a fantastic question and one that we get asked all the time as well as people make assumptions about yeah, I want to. I want to break it down for you. So first of all, um, we're going to break it down, and this is uh, this is kind of. I mean, brut- brutally honest comment here. Um, you've heard of wives' tales, right? I often refer to as old bird dog tales. I mean, it's 
it's the same thing. It's a, the old guy's got this thing that he's passed down through generations, typically, and that's being sexist, but it's also the majority. It's a grandpa, right? They had bird dogs or an uncle or a something. Old, old guy comes up with these things, and I had that. I mean, my grandpa had bird dogs, and he told me all kinds of things about training bird dogs, and I come to find that like 99% love you, Grandpa, but 99% of it's not applicable to actual dog training. It was just random things that were stuck in his head. and From his experience, most From likely. his experiences, but the conclusions he had drawn or the things he did that happened to end up working out somehow, like he used to tell me that you teach dogs to point, with a thing and you would on a rope and you would swing it above your head and you would throw it down on the round like a combination of the wing on the string fishing pole thing but it was this pointing drill and he used he swing it around and then throw it on the ground tell the puppy to hold and then pick it back up and swing it around and get the dog to chase it really good and then throw it on the ground it's like okay so i tried it i mean with our first bird dog sammy no why not no don't do that okay don't but the generalizations that come are typically brought on by something you've heard, passed down information, old wives' tales, or whatever. And um, to make a generalization about males and females would be the equivalent, just to put into perspective here, be the equivalent of saying all men are, all women are, which we all know is not the case. So Right, as well as I think that some of those um, stereotypes – with, oh, females are sweeter, males are, you know, trained faster, or vice versa. Some people say that the females are more mature and trained faster. Um, come from those people's experiences. And I wanted to explain why in my, in our experience, mm -hmm. that doesn't hold true. Because most people, and this is probably a generalization, but most people own, you know, five, maybe six bird dogs their entire lives. You get one, you have one for three or four years, you add a new one that, you know, then you have for another three or four years before you're adding another one. So you, you know, over the course of 30 years have had six bird dogs. And most of the time, those bird dogs are coming from different breeding programs or even just different litters within a breeding program. Um, I know that there are some places that you know, don't breed over and over and over. So you got a puppy from one kennel and then you got a puppy from a different kennel. So now we're comparing apples to bananas. We're not comparing apples to apples because every person's breeding program is slightly different. Um, every litter is slightly different because people are breeding for different characteristics, the genetics within that breeding program are different, and they're producing different things. So you may have gotten a male from a program that was breeding for versatility. And that dog has a little bit higher drive, let's say, um, a little more catch and kill it. And then your next dog, which happened to be a female, you got from more field bred lines, not necessarily field trial lines, but field bread lines. So they didn't really like the water as much. So now you think, well, males are these hard charging, hard headed dogs and females are these more laid back, sweet, cuddly house dogs, but you're not comparing the same two things. Whereas we have the opportunity to compare apples to apples on a very regular basis because we get lots of puppies from the same litter back in for training. For example, 
we have six puppies in from the Breezy Walker litter right now. Six puppies out of 10. Right now. So that's 60% of a litter. And I know we have the opportunity of working with one or maybe two more later this year. So that's going to be closer to 70 or 80% of a litter. And we've worked with three males right now and three females. So we have a very even split of comparing those males and those females. And they have trained very similarly. They have very similar personalities. So I can't say, oh, well, the females in that litter are way sweeter. No, they're all super sweet, very affectionate dogs. Oh, well, the males are better retrievers. Well, that's not the case either. Or the males trained faster. We've got them all in at the same time. They all came in approximately the the same same time, same age. So they're all training at the same rate. They're all learning at the same rate. So it's very interesting to be able to apply that to this question. So to answer your question, males and females, you're not going to see a giant difference in temperaments, but litter to litter, breeder to breeding program, that's definitely where you're going to see your differences as well as, um, I lost my train of thought because you're trying to show me something. No, I'm not trying Um, to show you anything. I'm just, oh, um, as somebody's message got, they used the word sex. And it got, so it got flagged. Yeah. So I was just allowing it to come through. Gotcha. Um, and then. You didn't get sidetracked though. Sorry. Thank you. Oh, and then the biggest difference that we do see, here we go. The difference okay. there were, there is a difference is typically males are going to be bigger. Females are going to be smaller on average, on average, um, muddy, however, is a big girl. She's actually nothing wrong. With just that. about on, as no. big as Vex. So, um, size wise, they're very similar, but typically your males are going to be bigger. Your females are going to be smaller. Females heat cycles. Males are going to, if they stay intact, typically, um, muscle out a little bit more as well as start to display some of those marking tendencies, um, or at least lifting their leg to pee. But really, overall, the rest of it's going to be pretty darn similar. 100%. So. Great. Oh, and the, the genitalia. Oh, wait, yes. Yes, of course that. Anyway, so great question. <laughs> and I, I answer that one a lot. So it was one that I was like, I want to highlight that one. Because the more places that we feel like we can get that information out there, hopefully the more informed people will become. We'll end up retitling this Yawa. Male dogs are better than female dogs. Males versus females. Maybe. The battle of the sexes. Yeah, we should do that. Okay. Hmm. We got a super chat, it looks like. Super chat. From... Dan Edit, five-month-old GSP, training going well. What should we expect for our first season this November and December? She will be 12 months old by then. And it looks like Melanie Carlson actually got her, um, my question oh, oh, didn't oh, show. Good. Um, because it was too wordy, apparently. So we'll, we'll get back to yours real quick here, uh, Melanie, after we finish Dan, since I started that one. I see it there. Yep. So we won't lose your question. Um, so you say training is going well. Um, not necessarily sure exactly what training you have done, but like we talked about just a few minutes ago, prerequisites before you take your dog hunting, they should have a bird introduction, a gunfire introduction, and be collar conditioned to recall. Your puppy at five months old is probably able to start if not started some of those training goals already. 
Collar condition to recall by five months. Doable. On average, yeah. Bird introduction, gunfire introduction, doable. Um, there's some other things that you can be working on this summer, though, because you've got, we're, I mean, we're in the middle of May. You got until November, so you've got another, what, six months? Six months to train and work on some things, which could be positive pigeon drill, getting them out, understanding how to point birds in the field, like um, with bird launchers. We actually just shot a video of Trix's first time in the field at six months old utilizing bird launchers, so that'll be coming out soon. And those are things that you can be prepping for, as well as working on things like traveling. That's something that gets overlooked um, as far as like hunting trips and things go. You know, you're going to have to travel with your dog. They're going to have to know how to well, go to the bathroom on a stakeout. Yeah, we've already started some of that with um, Baby Shock. Yeah. I mean, she's just rolling around. Weather's good. We, you know, we're paying attention to that in the vehicle aspect of things. But running errands in town, it's uh, nice to be able to road her along for some of them, not all of them. But just to get used to rolling around in the car. Yeah. So, um, what you should be able to expect as long as you've done the prerequisites and the basics is you should expect your puppy to go out and be able to search the field productively, learn how to use their nose, find and point wild birds. If you've had an opportunity to do formal woe training, you can hold them a little more accountable. Um, and depending if you're going to be hunting with other dogs, you can hopefully expect them to be well-mannered, whether they back or not, but we don't need them ripping birds apart on retrieves and things like that, or just busting birds. Um, and then gaining a ton of experience. That would be the other thing that you can expect. If you get them out and you get them on birds, they are going to mature. They are going to learn a ton and they are going to be ready to polish a ton of the things that they have learned and are green on still, um, come the next training season. So we did just do a video with thunder showing kind of where he was at after his first season. And that's something that you could probably expect from your puppy after their first season. So great question. Let's go back and get Melanie's. That's some, one other thing that popped through real quick before you jump into that, that I wanted to just touch on. It said, I don't know. Somebody said that they placed an order on our online store, which that was cool. I like to give these shout outs. It said, place the order late at night. It went out first thing in the morning. Y'all are awesome. So we appreciate your business and the positive feedback because. All right, here, right, here it is. This is uh, ordered an easy lead yesterday evening and shipped first thing this morning. You guys seriously have the best workers. Uh, We'll be ordering more from you just because of the customer service. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And then one other, uh, one other one was, this is just an interest thing. Um, and I, o- Oliphant, I, sorry, I don't know how to say your last name, but outdoors, my pigeon just laid an egg. He got some homers from us uh, earlier and they're already settled in well enough to lay an egg. So that's, that's pretty awesome. exciting. And if you didn't know, we were selling homing pigeons on our online store as well. Out of stock, guys. Sorry. Breeding season's over and way more people wanted them than I had expected ever would be possible. So breeding 
pigeons and homing pigeons won't be available until next spring. Um, but it's kind of crazy. You can actually ship pigeons through the U.S. Postal Service. They ship priority and they have to go out on Monday or Tuesday because they are a one or two day shipping. And so we don't want to push them to go out, you know, Thursday or Friday and then have them sit in a post office or something somewhere. But that's really cool. We still do have feral pigeons available, though. That's what I was going to say. We started, once we figured out this, I mean, we had enough people asking, like, I'm really having trouble getting birds. I'm like, well, we have access to them all the time. Um, we can ship them to you. Now, granted, it's not something that we're doing to make money off of. FYI, there's, like, no markup in it. It's essentially, it's the box, the shipping, the birds, and they make it to you. Okay. So you get a box of six of them. If you're trying to get a few birds for a training session or a training weekend, um, they're available. It's as a, as a service to try and help folks out. So, so Melanie, I wanted to get to your question. We have been struggling to find something. Our poodle pointer Duncan is excited about so we can try a gun intro while at a dog park. He was having so much fun that he ignored the trap shooting gunfire. Is that okay? So, um, I know sometimes these questions are hard to get all of the information at the same time, um, because it sometimes takes a conversation to go back and forth and be like, well, have you tried this? And have you tried that? And what was his response to this? And where we can fully understand what has and has not worked. So bottom line is though, if you find something that your dog is excited enough about that they ignore and don't pay attention to gunfire, then it worked. But you're not going to necessarily always have a dog park and a playmate or something that he's excited about to chase around when you're trying to... Um, you are so distracting. I'm not distracting. So you just distracting. have pregnancy brain. And very distracting. Um, so you're not always going to have those around when you need to start doing more gunfire stuff, which is typically related to birds and bird work. Because when you get out to the field and you're getting them on birds or getting Duncan on birds, if he's not super pumped up about them and wanting to chase and mark them, you're not going to have those opportunities to shoot. Even though you've had opportunities to shoot around him in the past, we need to be able to continue conditioning that gunfire and be able to generalize that gunfire so that it's non-startling in multiple different situations. So when we do gunfire introductions, whether we're using bumpers or birds, then once the puppy shows no hesitation, no acknowledgement of that gunfire, and we're back out to the field, which is usually also after we've done like a positive pigeon drill where our puppies are chasing, sometimes we'll even do gunfire intros during that positive pigeon drill when the puppies are chasing excitedly on those pigeons. Then when we're in the field and they've pointed a bird and they've done everything right and they're chasing, we can blank a pistol. And that will transition to shooting birds over them once we start transitioning to kill birds. And when we have those things that our puppy's excited about that we can have a little more control over, then we can make sure that that gunfire situation won't be startling. Now, him having excitement for playing with the other dogs in the dog park and being able to start that introduction process is definitely not a bad thing, but finding something that you can have that control of like birds, um, would be very beneficial when it comes to, um, 
continuing that gunfire desensitization and conditioning to gunfire. I hope that answered your question. Like I said, sometimes this takes a little more of a conversation back and forth, um, which we do have an online dog training community on She's Patreon. <gasps> Melanie, you're a member. Oh, Ethan was just looking you up. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> and I've actually messaged you. I'm so sorry. We do have quite a few patrons <laughs> and I have pregnancy brain, like Ethan said. So I don't remember every single person and their conversation, which is why we really like the messaging thread because it allows us to continue going back and forth and you reviewing. You didn't even get to see this. I watched the videos to begin with. Oh. said he's paying attention to the gunfire. And we do go back and forth. As well as not overly enthused about bumpers today. Uh, we have him come up with something better or you could end up with gun sensitivity. Do you have access to live birds? Suppose we can get some live birds. Sounds like a great plan. Then we talked about, that's where I answered uh -huh. about the um, med kit. But great question. We can continue this conversation even more over on Patreon, though, and continue helping you with some suggestions for Duncan. So thank you for being a patron, which we need to thank all of our patrons because they're why we can do this. They're why we have all the equipment that allows us to shoot these awesome videos in the field, do these Yawas live like this now, have the internet that we do that allows us to actually upload and get these videos edited because before it was taking days, days to get them done. So days, days and days and days and days. We got another one there yep. from Don Fish Hunt. Having a big problem with biting and nipping. Watched all of the videos. Puppy still, still biting. biting. Yeah. Also puppy doing very good in the crate training. Poop wise, um, urinates constantly in the house. Mm. 11 week old GSP. No bueno. No bueno. So some puppies are definitely easier to potty train than others. Um, we mm -hmm. are definitely experiencing that right now actually with shock. Um, not that... We have a lot of messy puppies, but shock has been crazy incredible as far as like stupid bladder control goes for today, a seven week old puppy. Um, she came home at six and a half weeks old because that's when the grit puppies went home and um, she had been socializing and litter mating with them. Well, now they're gone. So we have to start the development process with her and her continued socialization. So she came into the house and we've started doing crate training and some clicker training and we'll have some new videos out with her very soon as well. But she has been 100% clean in her crate. She's had, she's had one poop accident in the house, which was Ethan's fault. Yeah. 100% Ethan's fault. 100%. 110% my fault. He fed I mean, her I and let her run around and she pooped the on poop the floor. Out of her onto the floor. <laughs> Not quite that bad, but um, so she's been incredibly easy to potty train, which is awesome. And not every puppy is that easy. Um, so the fact that your puppy's doing good in the crate poop wise, but urinating in the house just could be a couple of things. One, it could just be that they're getting too much water or Dang. access to water in uncontrolled timing. So if their puppy, if your puppy has constant access to water, you're not going to necessarily know exactly when they need to go to the bathroom. 
Whereas like shock, I, she has water access every time we go outside. So she goes out, she typically gets a drink of water, goes out, pees and poops. And then I'm like, well, you just tanked up. So I know you're going to come back inside and need like another potty break in like five to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then if she goes back outside and tanks again, repeat the cycle. If she goes outside and empties her bladder, doesn't really want another drink and then comes inside. I usually know that we've got a little more time with her this time. And I just watch her closely as well. She's not left to roam around the house unattended. We're looking for signals and cues that she's looking for a place or going to the door or things like that, that she's saying, "Mm, guys, I got to go. So watching for those signals would be really important as well. As far as the biting, nipping goes, um, it really kind of depends on the exact situation. And it really kind of helps to have more information on this one. Puppies are going to bite stuff. That's the the plain and simple. At 11 weeks old, though, we should be cutting down on that a little bit by then. And um, then it's going to kind of come into interaction. You know, when this is happening, what is going on? What can we do maybe to change a few things up to minimize the opportunities? Yeah, typically when we get questions about biting and nipping, even on Patreon, we're... My go-to answer is I would really like to see what's going on. Yeah, I mean, that is the answer. I need to see what's happening. Because Ethan and I's most powerful tools to help you are our eyes and being able to read the situation and read dogs and know if what you're doing is instigating this or not helping correct it or if your puppy's just being wild and crazy or any number of other things that could be going on. So that would be something that we could definitely help with via our Patreon community. Uh, Tim said his uh, pigeons he got from me just laid uh, their eggs today, too. Heck yeah. Dang! There's going to be more pigeon babies all over the place. That's awesome. Um, We got another super chat, it looks like, from Kelly per year. E-callers in for service. It's obvious Jax, your 10-month-old, is readily refusing cues he knows. Weeks until caller comes back. Thoughts in the meantime. Hmm. Squirt bottle. Um, so it's effective. Squirt bottles actually work well for redirecting a dog's focus. So you've got a dog that's ignoring you and you can't reach them because they're from a distance. You can reach out with that squirt bottle and they're like, whoa, hey, what was that? And then, then you're like, Jack's here or Jack's kennel or whatever the cue is. And then he's like, oh, I am actually listening now. Um, another thing is, going backwards in your training a little bit in a sense of throwing a check cord on him, especially if you're outside so that you have a way to get a hold of him and redirect again from a distance so that if he tries to refuse a cue that he knows you can get a hold of him and reinforce that cue. Absolutely. Um, we've actually talked about this over and over and haven't found a great way to implement it yet, but having a, um, Checkout service. What's that's called? Rental. Rental yeah. service. There we go. Checkout service. I'm like, mm-hmm. like a library. You check out a book. Exactly. Um, but we have talked about having, and we're trying to figure out the logistics of having something like this set up where people could rent training equipment from us with, you know, obviously um, 
Which would include things like bird launchers. Bird launchers. That's the big one. Yep. Bird launchers are the big one, as well as the potential for dummy launchers or e-callers in this situation where, you know, you've got to send something in for repair or you want to rent a collar to try it out to see if this is what model you really want to buy. That's how we found a bunch of the lenses that we wanted to invest in for our camera equipment is we actually rented them first and saw what quality of photos we could get with them, how they worked angle wise and things like that. Cause there's wide angle lenses and telephoto lenses. And instead of just buying a lens right off the bat, which is a pretty big investment, we were able to rent a couple of them first and go, this is what we want. This is what we don't want and compare and contrast. So it would be a really awesome thing. It's just a matter of working out logistics, making sure that we have a way for deposits to be paid. So if some of the equipment doesn't come back or doesn't come back in working condition that, you know, we have a way to COA. COA baby. Do you know what that means, honey? Yeah. I'm just not going to say it. I mean, Right. COA. I mean, come on now. Or CYA, whatever. One of those abbreviations. I'm pretty sure it's CYA, but I was just rolling with it. <laughs> Whoops. I wasn't going to poke everything. Oh, man. I need to have this baby and start getting my well, brain back to work. COA to be like our. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Our. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our. Mm-hmm. Next super chat question. Moving on. Jack Draper said, can you call or condition come and place at the same time or should you focus on one cue at a time? Mm. Great question. Definitely want to separate the two uh, because we are, though the puppy should or dog should already know each cue and each behavior and be very solid with those things. We are utilizing a new training tool with negative reinforcement and we don't want to add confusion to the situation. So we want to make sure that we can. It says, here comes grandma. Yep, grandma. <laughs> She's so awesome and helps us out on Wednesday nights for Yawa with Aiden. Um, but you want to make sure that you're not confusing your puppy. And the the smaller steps that we can take to get there, the faster we'll actually get there. And not act, adding the confusion for your puppy will make things more clear for them. They'll have a better understanding of what we're actually asking. And then when you go to teach the next behavior, they're going to pick it up even faster on how to turn the collar off by be- complying with something they already know. That's awesome. I said, uh, renting bird launches would be awesome. And then it says, uh, wait, 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 where did I see it? Somebody um, retracted a message. I don't know if that was what it was. Uh, it says, she doesn't have any accidents in the crate. So clean in the crate all the way around. It's not clean out of out the crate. Out of the crate. So supervis- supervisation, Supervi- supervision, that one. Supervisation. <laughs> it's bad, guys, I'm telling you. Round. <laughs> the hormones, I think, really do cloud your brain. I don't know. Um, supervision would be really important, um, so that you can interrupt those pottying behaviors because what Mm -hmm. starts to happen is it becomes a conditioned behavior of your puppy goes around the corner and they pee and then they never get, never get past it, past it. Um, because timing is very important. You need to be able to interrupt those accidents so that we can eliminate them from happening altogether. Cause if they go and they pee and then we're like, ah, dang it. We missed that opportunity to 
correct that behavior to, you know, interrupt that behavior. Well, we can't punish the puppy after the fact because they have no attention span and they have no, no, no. idea what they're getting in Three trouble for. Three to five now. seconds. I mean, if you're not catching almost immediately in the act. Yeah. So supervision, not supervisation, but one way that you can, because I understand that. Nope, not blonde. <laughs> I understand that, you know, keeping your eyes on a puppy constantly is difficult. Like literally you're like, you blink and they're like never ending. I mean, you're just like watching them constantly everywhere. Yeah. And we blink and shocks over there chewing on the fireplace. And I'm like, how are you doing this? Why are you, why are you doing this? It's a stone fireplace. Um, but tethering your dog to you is a really great way to have that connection and make yourself pay attention to them because they can only get so far from you. And when they try and go in a direction, it pulls your focus as well. So definitely consider tethering and supervising your puppy. And then uh, Kelly said, using a lead outside, the issue was in the house. So am I going to squirt water all over my house? Uh, No, you're going to squirt water all over Jack's. (laughs) wherever he's at in your house. So if you ask, it's essentially utilizing, and it, it may work, it may not work. He's you, You've expressed that he's had just enough quirks, right, that this may be something that's beneficial for a while as long as it doesn't get overused. It would be like Jack's, and if he's ignoring you, psst, psst. whoa, uh, mom, and, and if you, you say, get hey, those- here. You know, he already knows how to do those things, right? So you get those squirt bottles with the, like, stream. It's like, yeah, you need a stream. Like, just flip that bad boy for a mist to kill. Yeah. And then uh, the other side of it would be, like, another shaker cans is a, a, it's a negative, it's a positive punishment you're adding to in the form of punishment for do, not doing what you're asking, right? It's, it's a redirector, but how it's being applied, they don't do it. Use a shaker can. That works for, like, little dogs. Or you wouldn't necessarily want to utilize this. It probably wouldn't work. Um or could potentially create noise sensitivity that we don't want to deal with. But that's another form of positive punishment that people use or pet trainers use. You have this thing that makes loud noise. If they're not doing it, yeah, you throw it on the ground or whatever, and it makes noise to redirect focus. And it's essentially the same thing. But squirt bottle could work for a little while to help buy you some time. Um, it's worth trying. So Squirt the dog, though, not just all over your house. Yeah, and don't use like a... You know, like just garden water. hose, just, just a water. squirt bottle. Yeah, just water. Get the industrial one, though, from like, I don't know if you got Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards. I literally bought a case of them because uh-huh. Uh-huh. we go through them at the kennel. What, they, what brand are those? Like what? It's a, it's a. They're, they have a yellow top mm-hmm. with blue mm-hmm. and they're kind of frosted clear color. Yeah. Industrial, commercial grade squirt bottles. Those are like across the room, 30 foot. Yeah, they work good. Yeah. Uh, so this was a question that popped up um, a little bit ahead, further up, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a good one. And people actually, um, I think, could gain a lot of insight from this question. Halt 250R, Yawa question. And they are a Patreon member here, but thought this would be a good Yawa question for everyone. What is a normal day for your personal dogs. Say one of your average dogs. Exercise, feeding, training, play, bedtime, etc. every day. 
Super curious what a day in the life of a standing stone dog is. So that is a very good question. And it does vary slightly um, because, you know, we'll get older dogs like Nick's, who you've probably seen kind of roaming around. He's nine. Grandpa Rex is also roaming around, but I'm pretty sure he put himself to bed in the bedroom already. Um, And he's almost, well, he's 15 and a half. So those dogs are a little bit different than our younger dogs, like Trix and Splash and even Thunder, who's a year old and definitely different than Shock. But Thunder's, Thunder's, I refer to him all the time as an old soul. He's just reminds me of an old dog. He's, he's very mature for his age of being just over mm-hmm. a year for sure. Yeah. Um, but still, we have very similar expectations for most of our dogs. Sure. Um, so day in the life of a standing stone dog is typically wake up anywhere between. Put a dip in, crack a cold one. <laughs> I don't know. Anywhere between five and seven. Usually we get up. Um, then dogs go out, go to the bathroom, get a drink of water. They come in and some of those dogs have been sleeping on dog beds overnight. If they're older, some of them have been crated if they're younger, but they're all going to go out and get their business taken care of. Usually everyone comes in and lays on dog beds. Yep. And gets to chew on a bone. Yep. We've got, um, we've got those pork chomps that um, are the baked rolls that we really like. They're, I think they're six or seven inches or eight inches long. I think but eight. We, we cut them in half um, just with like, what are those things? Cutters. What are they? Hedge trimmers or something. I don't know. Whatever. We cut yeah, them in they're half. They're just, uh, what are, he doesn't know either. <laughs> We cut them in half because the dogs really don't need the full thing every single morning. So they get half and it allows them to come in, get on their beds and kind of just settle because that initial excitement of coming back inside from being outside with high energy dogs and a group of them is really um, excitable. And we want to make sure that they're settling down and exhibiting calm, good behaviors. I don't need them ping-ponging off the walls at no five in the morning or seven in the morning because... A, Aiden's still sleeping, and B, that's just naughty. Um, Then typically, Trix tries to sneak off her dog bed to come cuddle with me while I work on emails. Like she wants, she wants all the cuddles with me all the time. Like, all right, she runs. Oh my she God. waits to be released, but then she's like, oh, I just wanted to cuddle. I got her a cozy cave because she kept trying to cuddle under the blankets with me, thinking, oh, she'd love to cuddle in the cozy cave. No, she absolutely just wants to cuddle next to me under the blankets. So, um, Pruning shears. Yeah, that's yeah, probably, that's what, probably they what they are. Hedge trimmers, whatever. Uh, thank They're the you. bigger ones to lop off bigger things, though, you know, like fingers. You see Tree branches. Movies. Branch trimmers, maybe. Anyway, and so we usually do emails, Patreon, paperwork, t- messages, things like that for a few hours. And that's when the dogs are hanging out on their dog beds. Um, then they go out, they get breakfast or training sessions with their meals, depending on, like I said, like Nick's, he's not getting training sessions with his meals at nine, usually um, years old, but baby shock, she is getting training sessions with some of her meals. Um, and even Trix just recently kind of finished getting training sessions with most of her meals. So that kind of plays a role. And then 
Um, also depending on the time of year, sometimes we get rolling a little earlier because of the weather and we're starting in the field earlier, but we get training. Yeah, we're, we're not far from, from 4am. Yeah. So then we get the dogs, um, let back out. And then the dogs that aren't going to be, um, heading out to the field or something like that are going to go and be crated for a while. While we're training other dogs, whether those are client dogs, our personal dogs in the field and doing other training sessions, uh, they typically get another let out around noon. When we take a break for lunch, dogs get to go out and go potty. If it's their turn to train and they're headed out to the field or something like that, the other ones we switch off, get crated and then, or kenneled in the kennel. And then in the evening, Kind of the same thing that happens in the morning is they go out, they go to the bathroom, we get them dinner, they hang out, dog beds. We're, we're, we're very structured in the house, especially because we have lots of dogs and they can feed off of each other and that energy level can just escalate and get out of control, in my opinion, out of control. And then oh, sometimes yeah. in the evenings- 100%. Thought I had a tick. It's that kind of It's that kind of, t- yeah. And we were in the field a lot today, so there were lots of ticks crawling everywhere. Um, and then when Aiden gets home- Oh, there's also Aiden goes to daycare. Aiden comes home. Um, Mm -hmm. Usually in the evening, he wants to do something with the dogs with us. So we'll either go for a free run. um, We'll walk down the driveway with him while the dogs run. uh, We'll go down to the pond. But he likes to help with things. So we'll do something else with the dogs. And then bedtime is usually between 9 and 10. And then they, again... The dogs that are old enough and well-behaved enough get to stay on the dog beds overnight. The dogs that are not ready for that get to be crated. Um, usually, we do not have dogs under a year old sleeping on dog beds. They are usually closer to that two-year-old mark. And We've then, done it before, and it always comes back to bite you. Or chew up your comforter. Or bed frame. Or bed frame. So, we don't do that. Or no. dig through the garbage. Something. It's something because they're dogs. And um, that's why when we aren't in the house and we aren't supervising them, they are crated or kenneled because I don't trust them to not get into the garbage, to not chew something up, especially multiple dogs together. Like I said, they feed off of each other's energy. So it says, what about exercise for them in the evening? I'm guessing that's just a little bit slow because you just said that, but. Yeah. So, and depending on what they're working on, um, they also road if they're old enough. Um, we've got some roading videos showing the dogs that are roading. We just got a new roading rigs that we're setting up on the mule, but there'll be a new video coming out with, um, we haven't shot the video yet cause we're still getting it fine tuned and attached to the mule properly, but a little customization. But um, we rode the dogs that are all over a year um, to really condition them in a controlled situation for exercise. They swim for exercise. They go for free runs for exercise. Um, and then, you know, obviously, if they're doing some field work training, that's involving exercise as well. And then there was one other here that said, oh, we got another super chat right here. Oh, well, let's do that one. Says I'm picking up my first true game dog, a Boykin Spaniel, in three weeks. Your videos and podcasts have been a huge help in preparing with. With preparing to bring her home. There you go. Real work. Thank words. you for what you all do. Finally caught the show live, and that's from Bottom awesome. Dollar Outdoors. Hunt, fish, grow. Well, thank you very much for the super chat, and we appreciate you. And I'm glad that you found our videos so helpful. That is awesome that you can actually join us live. 
Fantastic. Hey, you can add a moderator. Just you uh, can pick anybody. You can just be a pick moderator. anybody you want. Hmm, cool. You learn something new every so, Yawa. Way more fun if someone was moderating here, sitting here, like, like having a bourbon ching. with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Hmm. Speaking of someone sitting right here, this is something I throw out on occasion in case you know someone or you are someone or you know someone that are someone. Okay, I'll, you lost me. Um, we need additional help with audio and video work. Yes. Not audio. Yeah, well, audio, video, photography, all of the things. If you are someone or know someone that is interested in a full-time job... Running a camera for us, this would involve travel. This would involve working here for hunting trips um, and It guiding. is really hard to video yourself and hunting. It, it is. And, and then it ends up just being GoPro stuff. And I mean, that only goes so far. It's, it's not ideal. So the other side of it is it's, it's fairly difficult to get a picture of us. Together, doing anything. When one of us is running the camera. Correct. So we're looking for some additional help in that category. It would involve, and we're happy to teach some, but you got to have an eye for the things, okay? Um, And that is the thing. So if you know someone or have experience with or are interested in that, we're interested in talking to you. Definitely send us an email. You don't have to comment here, but uh, send us an email because we want to hear from you. What else we got here? probably somebody asked how many dogs do you have? Cause Tim said they have the dogs they have <laughs> laugh out loud. There were, <laughs> we have the dogs we have. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's a evolving un- number. It's an evolving. Yeah. Number. It's and an it's not that it's number. undisclosed or anything like that, but it changes because baby shock just joined the family, you yep. know? So we've got her, the and grandpa just, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> God. Bad joke. Terrible joke. Yeah. Um, no, grandpa's still all alive and well, mm-hmm. um, sleeping somewhere, but probably in the bedroom. Um, I think that shock makes 15 right now, yeah. but, but like I said, it's always evolving because sometimes a dog that we've kept for our breeding program, that's a young dog for whatever reason, we decide they are not going to end up staying part of the breeding program or becoming part of the breeding program. So we'll move them on. And then that number drops down. And like I said, it's always evolving and fluctuating. So. Also though, congratulations on the boy. thanks for being a fan. That was where we were with, uh, yes. with that, uh, last super chat. So we had another question on Instagram that I thought would be a fun one to answer. And I can't decide which one. So I'm going to go with this one first. The John Ryan show. Were you both breeding training dogs before you met? Tips to get the wife involved. So no, we were not both breeding or training dogs before we met. However, we were both outdoors persons. Um, we both love to hunt. We'd never had our own hunting dogs before. And so that is what kind of got us into the breeding and training is getting our first hunting dog together. Um, and that was crazy Sammy. We've talked about her in the past and we learned a lot from her. Um, we learned a lot of good things and a lot of 
not so good things, things to look into before you get your first short hair, things like that, which we've created lots of videos for now because we wish we would have known School of <laughs> some hard of knocks, those y'all. things before, before we got old crazy Sammy. Um, but to get your wife involved, um, it really depends a little bit on her interests. I mean, you can't force her to want to go hunting, but I have found that dogs and watching them do what they have been bred to do is really awesome. It's really interesting. It's really cool to watch these puppies learn things and train. So even if she maybe doesn't want to hunt, but wants to be involved in the dog training aspect side of things, having her, you know, help with training sessions, come to the field and see what all of the basics that you've been working on in the, you know, yard work and obedience work culminate to in the field and putting it all together and then getting an opportunity to watch the dogs do what they've been bred to do is really awesome. It's really exciting. It's something that you want to take pictures of and videos of, and maybe she would want to do some of those things as well. So those would be my suggestions as well as if she does have an interest in learning how to hunt or shoot a shotgun, finding those opportunities where you can go to a clay course, um, have her try out a couple shotguns, get her some shooting instruction, go to the field, become, you know, get hunter safety course done and, um, you know, maybe set up preserve hunt first before you're hitting the field on wild birds because wild bird hunting, we all know it's hit and miss. It's one of those things that you could have a really good day or you could have a really not good day. And I will tell you, fishing is like that for me. And I like to fish, but I like to catch more. So I get a little bored if we're not catching So the same can be said about hunting. I mean, if you go hunting and you walk all day long and you don't even see a bird, it can be pretty disheartening for a young dog as well as a person that's really green and getting into it and going, well, that's kind of sucked. So going and having an opportunity to see the dogs work on multiple birds, lots of opportunities, and having opportunities to shoot birds um, in a preserve situation might be another way to like baby step it towards a full-on hunting did I miss? Did you talk about taking pictures? Yeah, I talked about it. Rock and roll. I don't think he listens to me at all. He's just like, are these noise canceling? They're my my See, noise canceling? What I end up getting get in here reading. is I, I get to reading. Yes. And then I don't hear what you're saying. And so. then I get to talking and then he does something on the computer and then I'm like, squirrel. And then I'm distracted and I have no idea what I was just saying. So we, we are quite the pair. We are. That's that's why we're here, folks. That's why we're here for you. Well, um, it's a, been a wonderful evening, and I think we are rolling right up on, yeah, 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 right up on an hour. Yeah. And are you, oh, oh. You're, Ooh. I'm going to savor this. I mean, come on now. It only looked like a little bit. Mm. The glass is deceiving. Yeah, there's a little more than you want to just down the hatch. Great referral. Oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Pigeon videos. Hey, now we've got pigeon videos on uh, the other this channel. This guy's channel. Yeah, yeah. The Go guy to with the, the pink gun channel. Let me see if I can share that old link in there. Because we have started transitioning some of those videos to Ethan's channel because it seems to fit more what people are looking for 
on his stuff. Um, most people are looking for the dog training questions and advice on the Standing Stone channel. So we've divided to conquer, if you will. <laughs> the bourbon is the noise cancellation. That's uh, probably it. I mean, honestly. And no, I don't listen. Do better, Ethan. Okay. <laughs> I will do my best, folks. Well, we appreciate you all being here with us this evening. We love the questions. We love the banter. And um, we will probably see you next week. Probably not. Maybe not. There might be a baby. No, there, there definitely will be a baby. We're probably going to take a week off. Okay, so we'll be back soon. In a couple weeks. In a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Taking, I was going to be like, yeah, we can make it happen. Ethan's like, oh, my God, no. I'm I'm going on paternity leave. He's taking leave. a week off. He's taking paternity leave. Okay. Yep. Well, I won't be here then without him. So we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Thank you guys for watching. I'm Cat the Dog Trainer. I'm the guy with the pink gun. We'll see you in a couple weeks.